You're listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is the shortlist, NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Ron Chamellis, reporter and columnist with the Springfield Republican, and Mike Dobbs, executive editor with the Reminder Newspapers. Ron, Mike, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. This week, some health officials in Western Massachusetts issued mask mandates or advisories amid rising COVID-19 rates. East Hampton decided to go with the advisory. Bree Eichstad is the health director there. I know the public is tired. I'm tired. (laughs) So we are kind of just hoping that people would take it upon themselves to just comply with the advisory. Massachusetts continues to hold off on having a statewide mask mandate, but communities are allowed to have stricter guidelines if they choose. Ron, mandates in some places, advisories in others. You know, is it time for a consistent policy? I mean, at the very least, isn't this all pretty confusing? Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think it should be yes or no. None of, well, I don't want to go back to masks. We don't really want to take steps backward. But it's, if you don't have a man, if you're saying it's left up to individual people, many people will imply, well, and it's not necessary. And if it's not necessary, you can't blame people for not doing it, and I think people should do it. I think this is one of those issues where we need some clarity. It needs to be, we need to do this, or we don't. Mike, in your column this week, you said you'll wear your mask if required, but express frustration over vaccination rates. Fill us in. Well, let's face it, folks. Um, we are we are undergoing all of this surge because, across the nation at least, because people still don't want to get vaccinated. Um, I just saw an interview on local television last night of a guy who says, yeah, I know I should do it. I'll, you know, I'll get to it soon. And it's like, no, 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 you don't have to get to it soon. You get to it now, like today. There are plenty of places to get vaccinated. Go take advantage of that. Um, because every public health official will tell you, if we don't get vaccinated, we're going to have to put up with this stuff uh, indefinitely. And that's not a prospect that's good for anybody. There's also been a problem keeping track of vaccination rates in some of the hill towns of western Massachusetts. Shared zip codes make it seem like some communities are at 10% and others are over 100. Randy Crozier, a health director for several Franklin County communities, says he believes the rates are actually around 70%. People look at these numbers, whether it's reporters or citizens, and they go, oh my God, the sky is falling. How come nobody in my town is vaccinated when that's far from the truth? A spokesperson for the Department of Public Health says they're working to fix the problem in the future. Mike, is this alarming to you that the state is having trouble placing where vaccinated people live? Well, absolutely, because, okay, for instance, we keep hearing that Hamden County is has one of the uh, lowest vaccination rates in the Commonwealth. Okay, so the question is, is that really true? How do we know it? Uh, if the state is not clear on how these vaccination rates are falling in communities, th- this is very alarming, and it, should, it shouldn't be happening. State Senator Adam Hines, who represents this area, says inaccurate state data on population has also caused problems with things like school funding. Ron, what's your take on this? Well, obviously, this is not a new problem. It really shouldn't have taken vaccination rates to realize that we're having trouble placing where people are. And that is, he's right. That, that matters about funding and infrastructure, all sorts of different things that came along before this. When I saw that Shelburne had more people vaccinated than they have people, uh, you know, maybe they're using both arms. But the problem with that is that it makes people question the entire data. 
And we have a governor and a Department of Public Health that drive their decisions, and I think correctly so, on data. And if people can't trust the data, it's never going to be perfect. But these are so off that I think people are going to say, well, can we believe any of these numbers? And that's not good. And speaking of population counts, the 2020 U.S. Census was released this week. It showed Massachusetts becoming a more diverse state with a modestly growing population, although it stayed mostly flat in the western part of the state. The numbers have been highly anticipated as they're the basis for redrawing congressional and state legislative districts. Ron, the two U.S. representatives who have Western Mass in their respective districts, Richard Neal and Jim McGovern, could see their territories shifting further east along with the population. Does this concern you? Well, it, there's good news and bad news. The good news is that Massachusetts didn't lose a representative, didn't lose an electoral vote. There was concern about that. Uh, but the not so good news is exactly what you said. Uh, these people have very large geographic districts. We're already in a state where the politics are tilted heavily eastward. We know that. And these numbers say it's going to be more so, especially for Berkshire and Franklin counties, who I believe lost people. It's not healthy for a part of the state that is already struggling to be heard now. And as far as the state legislature goes, one plan from Secretary of State Bill Galvin would cut Springfield down from two state senators to just one and put two current state representatives, Bud Williams and Orlando Ramos, in the same district. Mike, if that does end up happening, how will it impact the region's largest city? I think that it shows, once again, the inequities, the basic inequities that are built into Massachusetts politics. I understand that we build these things on population numbers. I really do. But at the same time, if you are eliminating positions, that simply means we have less of a voice in the general court. We're going to have less influence in the general court. And that does not bode well for us with legislative um, initiatives in the future. And finally this week, former U.S. Senator Scott Brown, who represented Massachusetts, says he's ready to get back into politics but did not provide many details. The Republican has been living in New Hampshire of late and had a failed Senate bid there. Mike, has Brown's time, politically speaking, passed? Oh, my goodness. You know, I have to be really careful about what I say here about the former senator uh, uh, for whom I have extremely little respect. He's a political opportunist. He, you know, after losing in Massachusetts, he goes to New Hampshire. He loses there. He, so he backs Trump. He gets the, uh, the cushy job of being an ambassador to a, a wonderful country, New Zealand. I'm sure he had a great four-year vacation there because I doubt he was working very much. He goes into being a president of a law school. He leaves after not even doing a year of that gig. And now he wants to be back in politics. I'm sorry. His time has definitely come. Ron, a final word? I think Mike took all the words. I don't know if I can top that. I don't think Mike's going to be his aide in the coming campaign. But he has four states in New England left. He's got Vermont, Connecticut, Maine, and Rhode Island. He still has his choice. Uh, he won't win in Massachusetts. He didn't win in New Hampshire. He's in a rock band. Maybe he should stay there. All right, Ron Chamellis with the Springfield Republican and Mike Dobbs with the reminder, thanks for being with us today. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for listening to The Shortlist, NEPM's Week in Review. You can catch us at any time, wherever you get your podcasts or at nepm.org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Media. <laughs>